Hi everybody, I'm Jeannie Faulkner and this is Common Sense Pregnancy, Parenting and the Power to Change the World, CSP3. I'm the author of Common Sense Pregnancy and Fit Pregnancies, Ask the Labor Nurse. I'm a nurse, a mom, a writer, an activist, a feminist, and now a podcaster. I spent 20 years working as a labor and delivery nurse before I merged my career into writing for magazines, newspapers, and websites. Now I write primarily about maternal health here in the U.S. and globally, and I get to interview the most amazing people who are working to make women's lives and motherhood better all over the world. My book, Common Sense Pregnancy, was published by 10 Speed Press a couple of months back, and this podcast is an extension of that because I have so much more to say. I get emails from readers all over the world with questions and worries and stories to share, and I wanted a chance to share these with listeners who can totally relate to what they're going through. I want to have smart conversations about the physical, mental, spiritual, and political, and economic, and cultural issues that all impact women's health, reproductive health, pregnancy, prenatal care, and parenting. Here's what I believe. Women have the power to change the world. And many of us come into that power through motherhood and parenthood. That's what I want to talk about. As I mentioned, I get a lot of emails from worried mamas wondering if they're normal or not. They're all going through something they've never experienced before, whether it's their first baby or their fourth. Sometimes their worries are medical or practical. Sometimes they're emotional, and sometimes it's all about the relationship. More often than not, what I have to offer is reassurance that everything's going to be okay, or guidance that they need to have a talk with their health care provider. Sometimes, though, I recommend a wellness plan. I truly believe that more often than we think, the thing that ails us isn't necessarily best handled through medical care. Sometimes that's absolutely what you need, But sometimes what we really need to do when we feel anxious or edgy or generally overall puny is to boost our wellness. Wellness comes from the things we do for ourselves to promote our own health and well-being. It's the big and little things we do to make ourselves feel better, like eating healthy food, getting enough rest, exercising, having a satisfying job, having fun, a sense of humor, nice friendships, security, cleaning up. Those are things that actually form the roots for our sense of well-being and our health. When we support that stuff, the wellness factor, we feel healthier, safer, more secure, and more able to roll with the punches. And pregnancy's nothing if not a bunch of punches. I think that working on wellness is important every day in order to ward off bad days. But actively working towards wellness is especially important when we're not feeling great. And most mothers in early pregnancy don't feel great. They're queasy and anxious and tired and emotional and baffled by what the heck's happening to their bodies. Some women are okay with all of that, but others are entirely freaked out. And that's completely 100% normal. I write a lot about the difference between a well-based pregnancy and a fear-based pregnancy in my book, Common Sense Pregnancy. And here's a little snippet. Most pregnancies and births progress with no complications whatsoever. Every pregnancy, however, holds an element of risk. The difference between a well pregnancy and a fear-based pregnancy 
is which part you focus on, the mostly normal healthy parts or the potentially risky parts. If you focus primarily on being healthy, staying well, and supporting your body to do a bang-up job at growing your baby, chances are very good you'll enjoy a well pregnancy and childbirth and welcome a healthy baby. That's what a well pregnancy looks like. If you focus primarily on potential complications, you may support those fears with medical care that shares that focus. That's what a fear-based pregnancy looks like. So, how do you focus on being healthy and well and support your body? Well, you eat the right stuff, you exercise a lot, you rest, 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 and you manage stress as best as you can. You get a lot of support from the people in your inner circle. You read and learn and you have fun. Then, if you need a whole lot more help, you ask for it through your doctor, a therapist, a midwife, your friends, whatever you need. Give it to yourself at this time in your life. I write later in my book that this is the time when you need to baby yourself like you would your own baby, because right now, that's where your baby is, in you. So today I want to talk to someone who knows a lot about motherhood, a lot about exercise, a lot about wellness, and a lot about why exercise is essential for good motherhood. I'm going to call up Sarah Bowenshay, who is the co-founder of Another Mother Runner. Let's get her on the line. Today I'm talking to Sarah Bowenshay. She's the co-founder of Another Mother Runner, a community that supports, encourages, and entertains women runners. Along with her business partner, Dimity McDowell, Sarah is co-author of three books, Run Like a Mother, Train Like a Mother, and Tales from Another Mother Runner. She's a mom of three school-age kids in Portland, Oregon. She's an avid runner who is embarking on her 13th marathon next spring, the Boston Marathon. Sarah, I think you're crazy. 13. <laughs> well, Jeannie, thanks for having me on. And I tell you, after my first marathon, I distinctly remember saying, that's it. That was such a bad idea. I can't believe I thought that was going to be fun. Never again. That was in July of 1998 and November of 99. There I was towing another start line to a 26.2 mile race. So, um, I'm hooked. Yeah. I particularly, I love the training the most, the, um, you know, some, sometimes I can take or leave the race itself, but I adore training for a marathon. Wow. I'm really inspired. Actually, I really am inspired and I'm going to make a little admission here. Uh-huh. I run a little, but I always walk past your house cause I don't want you to see me running. <laughs> Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. That slays me. Now, now I live on a corner. Do you walk when you're on either side of my house or just the front part of my house? Oh, no. I'm walking. So to those of us that are people that are listening in today, Sarah is my neighbor. And she lives, I think, approximately four blocks from my house. Yep. Yeah. So I'm walking down Brazil. Uh And, you know, no, just to where you can see me. Not the whole thing. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Well, it's fine because I'm just thinking that because Brazil's the side street and I more often look out those windows than out my front window. See, I so, know. I know yeah, your ways. Right, right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I don't judge. And, you know, I went running this morning in the rain and I had to ask my peppy running partner who lives um, about six blocks away from me. I had to ask her to slow down a couple times. Aww. So, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Ni- you're nice, Sarah. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you and I have a lot of paths that cross. Um, you know, when I read your bio just a couple minutes ago, mom of three school-age kids, well, our kids have gone to the same elementary and middle schools. Uh-huh. Yep. And then we, we originally met at a restaurant up in Alberta with a mutual colleague of ours. I think you were writing primarily for Shape, and I was primarily writing for Fit Pregnancy. Right. Um, with a little bit of crossover for both of us. Is that right? Oh, yes, yes. So I, you, you, you know, um, we both were full-time freelance writers. And um, back in the day when, you know, that was um, a somewhat lucrative thing to do. And um, so I, yes, I was a contributing editor for Shape. It's also a contributing editor for Fit Pregnancy. I wrote for everything from women's sports and fitness to Runner's World, New York Times, um, health, women's health, those sort of things. Um, one of my proudest accomplishments in my work life is I broke the news of Kara Goucher's pregnancy on the front page of the sports section of the Sunday Times on Mother's Day. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I got to combine all my passions, you know, um, writing, the New York Times, running, women's health, the whole the whole package all came together. Um, with... For Kara Goucher. I've, I've spoken with Kara Goucher, too, and she is amazing. Yeah. 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 She's a lovely person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so after you and I, you know, kind of were moving on from the full-time freelance thing, I moved more into the direction of maternal health. And you moved towards running and women's fitness, and you created another mother runner. Mm -hmm. um, so tell me about it. Tell me about the whole thing. It started with your first book, right? Yes. So Dimity and I are longtime friends, and um, we actually she came out here and visited when her older daughter, who's now twelve, uh, came out. Actually, this is an anniversary. I realize this now. Uh, she, they came out and they spent Halloween with us when her daughter was three months old and my older daughter was about a year and a half. And so Dimity and I, um, we, when Dimity was pregnant with her second child, she knew that she had suffered from postpartum depression after her first pregnancy. And she wanted to do everything she could to try to avoid that um, pitfall with her second pregnancy. So she thought, oh, well, you know, she could train for a marathon and have a friend who would kind of hold her feet to the fire then maybe she would be able to um, not not go to that dark place. And so she thought, well, who do I know who will say yes to that idea? And she thought of me, and she called up, and sure enough, I said yes. And so we wrote a feature for Runner's World about training for the Nike Women's Marathon in 2007. And Dimity lives in Denver. I'm here in Portland. And so we blogged about it on runnersworld.com while we were training and we just discovered this really amazing community of women, right? Sorry, women runners. And that we felt nobody was really talking to. And so Dimity's like, let's write a book for these women. So that begat run like a mother, which came out in March of 2010. And it's witty conversational essays and advice on everything from hills to husbands to peeing and pooping on race day. Like we, we cover it all. No stone is left unturned. <laughs> and uh, admissions are made and, and laughs are had. And so then we started a Facebook page to go with it and Twitter handles and just to support it and support the community, build the tribe, as we like to call it. And we've just, it's been really gratifying to just see women find us and relate to us and really dig the vibe that we're putting out there 
you know, with now we have almost daily website posts and we have a weekly podcast and we go to race expos and give talks and we have a online store that we sell merchandise that kind of reflects the attitude and sentiments in our books because now we followed up Run Like a Mother with Train Like a Mother in 2012 and then this past March we had Tales from Another Mother Runner come out and that has tw uh, 22 essays in it by a variety of women runners that covers the gamut. Um, Dimity talks very honestly about the depression that she suffers from. I talk, I write about how um, it's tough getting older as a runner and the you know kind of struggles I'm facing with that. And um, one woman talks about her infertility and how running, you know, she uh, chronicles her first run back from when she finally had a baby. I mean, so we, we just cover a whole range of topics. You've, you've created a community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, and it's super rewarding. We uh, get to meet women across the country. When we go to race expos, I was just at the Chicago Marathon, and it was just so exciting to meet these women in particular who are big fans of our podcast and they just look at me like oh that voice is coming out of that face wow. and um, um so it just and just hearing the stories of these women and them saying that you know they never would have thought of themselves as a runner but we gave them that confidence we gave them the tools they needed to get out the door get in the runs you know no matter what distance they're going for whether they're doing their first 5k or you know, trying to qualify for the Boston Marathon. I mean, we, we give them what, what they need and just feeling their gratitude and seeing the light in their eyes that running gives them is, is just really exceptionally rewarding. You know, I thought of so many things while you're talking about that. And one of the, one of the points you just made that is just a theme throughout motherhood is women in, in your community, they don't think of themselves as runners. Mm -hmm. They are runners. They do run. They put down the miles and they run. And yet they don't take it on as something that they are. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we were going to talk later in our conversation about why it's important to exercise because it gives you your own sense of self-identity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether it's running or yoga or, you know, whatever it is, I think that that is kind of a under discussed idea that you exercise because it's you. Yeah, mm -hmm. mo most certainly. And, and, you know, we, um, you, you know, we encourage women to call themselves a runner and we, we meet women at half marathons who are like, you know, Oh, you know, I'm not a runner, you know, and Oh, okay. You know, uh, how many times have you done this race? Oh, it's my fourth half marathon. I'm like, uh, then you're a runner. I mean, if you were a dude, you'd be like, yeah, I'm totally a runner. And, um, <laughs> you know, that, 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 um, women sometimes sell themselves short and don't want to appear to be bragging. You know, they'll, they'll whip out all the, you know, the show off all their pictures of their baby, but you know, God forbid they, they call themselves a runner or, you know, tell the moms at preschool. Oh yeah. You know, I just ran a 215 half marathon. I'm feeling really good about it. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we really encourage moms to put themselves at the top of their to-do list every once in a while to take, take that time to themselves to go out and exercise and then to feel proud about it and to take ownership of it. And that's a very empowering thing to really acknowledge and embrace what it is you do, particularly what it is that that you do that makes you happy and makes you feel fulfilled and a wonderful sense of accomplishment. And makes you feel like yourself. I mean, that's one of the things that 
really um, is so transformative about becoming a mother is that you go from being yourself, which you've been for your entire life until you have that baby. And then all of a sudden you are somebody else. You are someone's mother. Mm -hmm. So it's so, I think it's so essential for women to do whatever they need to do to hang on to their sense of self. Oh, exactly. Because it's so easy to lose yourself in the signing of the permission slips and making of lunches and changing of diapers and whatever it is. And to, you know, particularly if, if you're a stay at home mom, then, then you're being kind of, you're not putting yourself, you're not getting put out into the world and having other people just see you maybe as, you know, Meg, the architect or, you know, Alyssa, the graphic designer, but it's, oh yeah, you know, there's Hannah and Noah's mom. And, and then the people at home keep calling you mom. And so, yeah. so there's no sense of like, wait, I do have a first name. What was it again? And um, so, yeah, we have, um, you know, I mean, we have shirts that say another mother runner. And some people think, oh, that's really funny because it sounds like maybe you're saying a bad word or something. But, um, you know, no, it's about letting people tell the world in it. Maybe if they can't say the words, letting it tell the world for them who they are and what it is they do and what it is they're accomplishing because, you know, there are not many people out there who are committed to exercise and, and, you know, we all need to feel proud if we are doing it. Elevating the status of motherhood, one mother runner at a time. Yeah. 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 I like it. I like and, it. Yeah. And I think that what I hear from so many women um, who are not stay at home moms anymore, maybe they were when their baby was little, but now they're back to work or they've got, you know, grade school kids or toddlers or however, whatever the age is, they go to work and then they feel like when they come home, they don't really have the time or the right to give away more of their time. Mm -hmm. So they are either the working woman or they're the mom at home or the wife or the partner. And I hear that as an excuse a lot. I just cannot do another thing outside the home. To which I say, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. And and I mean, it's truly sad. I, I am not laughing about this at all. There are we have met women on our travels and on our Facebook page who say that their husband or partner says, No, you know, you're out of the house for thirty hours a week at that job of yours. You need to be here the rest of the time for the family. And it's you know, yet then he says this is the, you know, as he grabs his golf clubs and heads out for 18 holes. I mean, so, you know, I can also understand, though, that if you're out of the house for a certain amount of time, you do want to see these wonderful creatures that, you know, you're raising. And so what we, you know, realize and preach to preach over and over again is that sometimes you have to get up a whole lot earlier than you want to. And that's the best time to get in your workout. And so, you know, I, di I didn't want to wake up at 5.15 today, but that's when I got up and it was raining. And so that's when my run was going to happen and got in those miles and felt so much better about it. It, you know, calibrated my, my personal clock for the whole rest of the day. And, you know, I just enjoyed it. And, you know, my health's better for it, both, both body and mind. And so, you know, and so whether, you know, if it's, okay, so maybe waking up early isn't your thing, you know, maybe if you have a treadmill in the basement, you can go down there after the kids go to sleep. Or, you know, if you have lunch, there's a gym in the, you know, building of the base, basement, you know, where you work, head down there, or, you know, go to the 24 hour fitness, it's a couple blocks away, whatever it is, 
because making that time for it is going to improve your life in so many ways. Yeah. And that's the beauty of, of running, really, is that you can just lace up your sneakers and go out your door. Mm-hmm. Almost, mm-hmm. almost everywhere you can do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, sometimes, you know, weather is a deterrent, but, um, you know, as I was, you know, this was, this is probably one of our first rainy days here in Portland for quite a long time. You know, I look at it, I'm like, oh, oh, it's raining. And then you go out there and it's like, oh, I got a baseball hat on. The rain's not hitting my face. And look, I don't melt. So, <laughs> you know, sure, I had to peel off my clothes the moment I got home because they were soaked. But, you know, I'm waterproof. Yeah. So, <laughs> so at this time of year, Portlanders that run, um, our biggest risk is the slippery leaves. We've mm. got a lot, a lot of old trees in the uh, the neighborhood that we live in and you mm-hmm. you run on those slippery wet sidewalks Woo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah well i i am a street runner so there's a there's fewer leaves there particularly because the leaves cover up so much on a sidewalk yeah that i'm just always afraid i'm gonna you know be in the you know pavement sandwich at any point so uh, i run in the road facing traffic carrying um what's called a knuckle light so it it's you know this light that that you know sit on my knuckles and i when a car comes you know my and my running partner carries one and so when we get to an intersection we you know wave it at the oncoming car you know that it has a stop sign and make sure they see us before we proceed through the intersection and you know because you definitely want to make sure that you're coming back to that family that needs and loves you so smart tips very smart tips so Sarah, have you always been physically active? No, I am a child of a very bookish family and uh, the youngest of three kids. None of us played sports in elementary school. I finally took up tennis uh, as I was going into middle school, but then did not play any sports in high school, did some aerobics, uh, followed a not not a CD no, or a DVD, but I followed a Jane Fonda album in the basement of my parents' house. Um, Who didn't? <laughs> have to get up and flip it over to side two. Yeah. Um, so, um, so did that. And then when I went off to college is where I discovered my inner athlete. I uh, took up rowing in college and just fell in love with it. And so started running as cross training and just very quickly discovered that I gain a lot of pride from running accomplishments and athletic accomplishments. And, um, so I was, I, I rode for a, at the time it was a club sport, so it was not a varsity or anything like that. And, but I grew up in Connecticut. It's very hilly there. And there's this one big hill that leads back to my parents' house. And I told myself that if I could run all the way up that hill at the end of a run, that I would make the first boat of the, so be in the, the group of eight that would be in the highest ranked boat and as a sophomore. And so that summer, I just would just chug up that hill. And just forever since then, I just, um, it really feeds a part of me to have accomplishments like that. And, and I'm an optimist, so I can pretty much always find a positive in a run. Um, so that's a nice gift. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually have to work on that a little bit because, um, you know, there'll be, many days where it's more walk than run. Mm-hmm. And on one level, I know that's fine. You're out there, you're doing your thing. It doesn't matter. You're putting down the miles. And then the other part, sometimes the louder part of the inner voice is saying, oh, that wasn't, that was lousy. You should have been able to run it. So that's something I have to work towards. 
Yeah. And I mean, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm coming back from, you and I are both coming back from injuries, um, uh, fairly serious ones. And so, um, my fitness is not what it once was. And so, you know, having to ask my running partner to slow down, you know, that, that really encroached on my sports ego. Yeah. And it's just like, you know what, I, I am where I am right now and I'm doing the best I can do. You know, I did the best I could do for today. And, you know, there's always tomorrow to go out and to do better. But, but the fact that we keep doing it, that speaks volumes. A lot of people would, would give up. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know that, you know, every yoga class that I take, that is the mantra is, it's your practice. You're doing it your way. However you do it is fine. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's something that I will work on, you know, transitioning into running too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a good, good lesson to remind ourselves of. Yeah. So did you exercise during your pregnancies? I did. So I have, um, my older daughter is, uh, an eighth grader. She's 13 and a half. And I ran during that pregnancy up until seven and a half months. I was just thought for sure I was going to be the, one of those women who, you know, when, when she was in kindergarten, be like, Oh yeah, the run I took on the day I went into labor. <laughs> and, um, I was, I had a routine since I didn't have any other kids at the time. Um, I would every Saturday drive over to the west side of town and go on a trail run. And one of my goals during my pregnancy was to not trip while I was running. And I'm very proud that I accomplished that, that feat. No pun intended. And uh, so, but I, my husband and I went on, um, the term wasn't around then, but I guess it was a baby moon. Uh, we went to Europe and I was got back on a Thursday and I was like, yep, going to take that, you know, run over there on the trails on Saturday and woke up Friday morning and something had literally fundamentally shifted. And I thought, nope, that's it. I'm done running this pregnancy. And so I switched to swimming and I swam on the day I went into labor. Um, and I also did prenatal yoga, which I really enjoyed, even though I um, am horribly inflexible. And then with the twins, I uh, had I had secondary infertility, and so we did IVF to get pregnant with the twins. And I had some spotting when I went on a run at, well, I guess I was five weeks or seven weeks pregnant, and oh, I was just pan just panicked. And I yeah. mean, it was so it was it was very minor spotting, and I was just horrified and just so frightened. And I talked to the nurse at the um, infertility doctor's clinic clinic. And she was like, you know, you've really gone through a lot to get here. Maybe you want to stop running. And I was like, yeah, that's some good advice. So I switched to, um, walking and swimming and, um, strength training, um, and using the elliptical and things like that. So I was, um, and even then, and then I had some issues with the twin pregnancy and I had to really cut back on the amount of exercise I did. But I was still bargaining up until the very end. I um, I developed preeclampsia. And um, so I was supposed to have a scheduled C-section because my um, twin A, my son, was breech. And I was supposed to have that on a Monday. And they called the previous Thursday and said, oh, you have preeclampsia. Um, this was the doctor who called me. And she said, I want you to come in this afternoon. I want you to come in today and we'll do the C-section today. And I was like, mm uh, can I go swimming first? And she was like, fine, you can go swimming first. And, uh, and then I was so, so I'm like, sweet. Okay. I'm going to go swimming. And, um, uh, but then a couple minutes later, the, um, nurse from her office called and said, 
or from the hospital, I guess, called and said, okay, well, what have you, eat, you know, eaten and drank today? And I don't want you drinking anything else, you know, before you come in. And so I did still go swimming, but boy, let me tell you, I was so thirsty. I after bet. C-section. And <laughs> I just remember looking at the nurse when I was in the recovery room and I, and I was just like, I would pay you so much money if you would just bring me some grape juice. <laughs> so, so she did with the with that really good crushed ice that yeah. they have at hospitals. Yeah. Oh, it was, you know, like the finest, you know, wine I've ever drank. I mean, <laughs> and it was it was, you know, Welch's grape juice. It was just uh, it was so thirsty. So anyway, yes. So I was, the short answer is yes, I was active during both my pregnancies. You really were. You were really active during your pregnancies. That's (laughs) great. I was in my, my OBGYN. She was understanding of it to an extent, but I remember I, um, I would have slight panic attacks sometimes while I was pregnant and uh, which I'm convinced are tied to the hormones. And so I would particularly sometimes have them while I was swimming because my face was in water and I couldn't breathe. And so when I mentioned it to my doctor and asked her for advice, she's like, well, why don't you stop swimming? <laughs> I was like, no, 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 that's not an option. <laughs> you know, just this morning, I got an email from a young woman. And I get, I get emails every day from young women around the world um, who are worried about something. And sometimes it's, a, you know, something medical. Sometimes it's relationship. A lot of times it's anxiety. A lot of times worried, worried mamas. And I can really relate. I experienced a lot of anxiety with my first pregnancy and she's now, uh, going to be 28 pretty soon. Uh And, um, you know, to some degree with all of the kids, and I think that it's kind of normal to have that. But so often what I have to say to people who write to me is you've got to find an outlet you know, there really probably isn't anything you can do medically or need to do medically. And when you go into a pregnancy with a lot of anxiety, you tend to seek out um, maybe some medical interventions that don't really have anything to do with what's going on. Mm-hmm. So instead, what I'm always telling women is you have to exercise. You mm-hmm. have to exercise. Even if you've been inactive your entire life and you're newly pregnant and you feel like crap, you have to go for a walk every day. It's your prescription for wellness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, we also talk about other things like stress management, you know, find your Zen however you can. But um, I think that exercise is your prescription for wellness. And, oh. you know, in addition, when you're pregnant, when you're exercising, it helps you lay down a really healthy network of blood vessels in the placenta, helps you with elimination, it prevents constipation, it um, you know, improves your cardiorespiratory system, all of it. It's all good. Um, it, of course, none of that is really all that motivational necessarily. What's really motivational is the fact that it reduces anxiety. Yeah. And it also makes you, you know, your body is changing so much, you know, every day. So it gives you a sense of, I don't want to say control, that's a little strong word, but it gives you a sense that your body is still yours and yeah. you can ask it to do what you want within reason. Yeah. And yeah. so that there's that mental component that, that exercise handles so nicely. And then I also know, you know, you said that those things sometimes aren't super motivating, but I know that I, toward the end of my um, pregnancy with my 
um, singleton with my older daughter, I had some swelling in my um, ankles and, and wrists by the end of the day, particularly, you know, when I'd be work, sitting at a desk working at a computer. And I found that when I would go swimming, you know, the, is that osmosis or something, you know, that the, the pressure of the water would ease that and it would make... Uh, I'm totally not a scientist, as this answer will will show, but um, I just felt like by being in the water, then that excess water was leaving my body, like oh, through that, my pores, who's getting, you know, kind of forced out. That is so true. As a, yeah. I'm an um, on-again, off-again lap swimmer, mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I'm fairly physically active, mm -hmm. but there's nothing like being in the pool to make you need to pee. <laughs> Right. And so, so, but I even felt it was not even, it wasn't even bothering to go to my bladder, that it was just like going out my skin. And, wow. You know, so that, so that, um, like it was like I had found my stasis and that it just was like, oh, okay, there's, there's a certain, I've reached the right balance and now the, the excess water can just move right out of my system without yeah. having to, to leave the normal way. Yeah. And I would just, my gosh, that because, you know, I'd sort of then get a, you know, if it got bad enough, um, I'd have a little tingling in my hands, you know, maybe a little tingling in my feet, you know, whatever. And it was just like, nope, it's gone now. Totally would feel so much better. And, you know, it, it, there is the, oh my gosh, I, you know, feel a little bit like a whale and, and stretching this bathing suit out. You know, I mean, I never invested in a maternity swimsuit. I just, had a Speedo that I'd been wearing beforehand. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to kiss this thing goodbye and I'm going to wear it, you know, stretch <laughs> it out a whole bunch. And then, I mean, I honestly, the day that, you know, I, like I said, I swam the day I delivered the, the twins via C-section, I just threw it in the trash at the gym instead of bringing it home. So <laughs> it had fulfilled its duty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, um, you know, I, I, you know, it helped, helped me. And so it saved my sanity and helped me be so much more healthy during my pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. So how about after you became a mom? Yeah, I very, very vividly remember my first run after the twins. So like I said, I had a C-section and so waited the prescribed six weeks and headed, um, you already mentioned the name of the street. I headed on Brzee. I headed east on Brzee. And I was, remember thinking, oh, it's going to be my incision that hurts. And oh, no, it was my milk-filled breasts. Oh, my it was God. Like, and I am, I am usually a very small, busted person. And I was just like, jajung, jajung, jajung. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I'm like, what incision? I got these big old melons on my, on my chest. And um, so, yes, yeah, so I learned, you know, how to double bag to wear two sports bras, which I, as a 36 barely, you know, barely an A I had never had to do before. And, um, so did that. And, um, yeah, that's, that's my status quo sister. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the big tit girls. And so every run is a double bagger for me. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I got back to it and I also remember after, um, my older daughter's birthday is in early January, which can be a pretty dreary month here in Portland. And I would just go on so many walks with her and she would be in a, um, my gosh, I'm totally spacing on the name of those things that you, a baby Bjorn. Mm -hmm. She would be in with the baby Bjorn on the front of my chest. And I had a 
jacket that had been a maternity jacket, but so then I just wore it and it zipped up over her so that she was inside of my jacket. And I would run into our, our mail carrier just everywhere while he was out on his route. And, you know, there I'd be, no matter what the weather was, there I am walking with my baby. And I just wanted to be like, hey, Troy, she doesn't seem to mind. Like, I'm not being mean. <laughs> That's um, funny. So, yeah, so I was out there and, and I, I um, resumed running um, pretty quickly after Phoebe. So, um, and then I did um, uh, another one of my proudest accomplishments in life, since I already mentioned the Kara Goucher thing, is that I did uh, my third marathon when I was 14 months postpartum after Phoebe and I weaned her that week on Tuesday and ran the marathon on Sunday with just rock hard breasts filled with milk. Oh my God. <laughs> and, uh, you are such a badass, Sarah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's like, <laughs> and so, uh, but I remember thinking, well, they're totally going to deflate like while I'm running, like it's going to like eke all the milk out. Oh no. It was like I started the race with implants and I finished with them. Oh my God. <laughs> and so, but stopped and kissed her along and my husband along the way. It was down in Napa Valley. It was our first weekend away. And oh yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> and I just, just narrowly missed breaking four hours. And I was like, oh yeah, it's because I stopped to pee and stopped to kiss Phoebe. I'm like, oh, it was totally worth it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, if I ever ran a marathon, I'd be the one on the news <laughs> for the evening report, the last runner in. No. I would. No, no. Yeah, no, true. Absolutely. I would. I am really, really slow. Uh, well, you know, the, the new breed of run of, you know, marathoners, they come in all shapes, sizes and speeds. And uh -huh. so I, I think you would find some company back there. <laughs> so but you know, but there's, you know, there's, you definitely do not have to run a marathon, you don't have to do races to, to be a runner back to the you know, you can call yourself a runner if you put your, you know, one foot in front of the other in a methodical fashion, you are a runner. Yeah. 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 I agree with you. Mm -hmm. So after you become a mom, mm -hmm. that's the time when I think that, you know, even for moms who haven't necessarily embraced their athleticism during the pregnancy, I think this is the time where it's absolutely critical that women start exercising. And it's not just about getting the baby weight off, but it's about, you know, as we mentioned earlier, reestablishing your sense of self. And it's about sending your body the message that it's healthy and strong. It's about reducing stress, avoiding postpartum depression, and just getting out of your mama head. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine that in your tribe, your community, this is a common theme. Oh, most definitely. It is so much so that, you know, that women just, I think they don't realize how much they need it until they get out there. And so that's what we try to do. We give them that, we like to call it a gentle kick out the door because, you know, there's, I mean, time takes on such a different element to it when you have a, a new baby at home and just it, I don't know, the world definitely doesn't look the same and getting out there, spending, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, just going around your neighborhood, you know, who cares whether you're mixing walking into running with it, you know, whatever you're doing, just getting out there and reclaiming that sense of self and 
you know, just getting out of the house for goodness sake. Because I, I mean, you know, when I was breastfeeding my kids, I felt like I was wearing a trench into our couch from sitting there, you know, <laughs> you know, every two hours or whatever it was. It just, and so that I think it's easy to think, oh, well, I need to be here all the time. And it's so hard to break yourself away from this, this being, or from my case, two beings that have been with you for so long, you know, literally not separated from them. But it's so revitalizing in every sense of the word to get out there and do something for yourself. And getting out there could also mean when your baby's taking a nap, you pop in, you know, a, a yoga video or DVD, you know, look at me dating myself saying video. Now at least I'm up from a record to a video, right? Um, <laughs> you know, or watching on the internet. I've heard people do that. Um, <laughs> yes. The, the interwebs are amazing these days. Yes, yes. And so, you know, just doing that or, or, you know, following, doing a workout that, that you read about, you know, whether it's on another mother or in, you know, glamor magazine or shape magazine, whatever it is, just doing something to feel your body moving in a way that you tell it, not that somebody else is, is, you know, Hey, Hey mom, you know, yeah. expose that breast again and let me have at it. You know? Right. <laughs> so. Right. And while you're at it, wake up, wake up, wake up. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I talk to a lot of long distance runners and they all tell me that at some point in their training, they reach the point where running is their best meditation, best source of inspiration, best time to think, and it becomes something that they really can't live without. And I'd have to bet you are so far beyond that point, right? <laughs> Did you actually dream up another mother runner and the entire community around that while you were running? <laughs> um, it's, it, it all grew organically, but certainly I spent a lot of time thinking about the another mother runner community while I'm running. Um, had a even had a great idea today just between here and 18th, so only six blocks away, I came up with this great kind of headline. So I was like, Oh, great, good idea came to me. But um, yes, I, you know, running is my drug of choice, for sure. And um, I gain a lot of happiness and fulfillment and pride and um, sanity from it. And I, uh, you know, I fractured my ankle in four places in on May 1st and so had to be um, out of commission for a while and it was that was really really tough and it's even tough just to, to think back on that time when I think about when I couldn't go running and I couldn't have my time with my best running friend who I just adore with all my heart and um, it um, it was a bleak time and I'm glad to be back at running because it's what I love to do and you're going to be running a marathon I am. And that's why I'm not, I'm coming back slowly. And it's like, you know, coming back after a pregnancy, you got, you have to be smart in how you come back. Because if you push too hard, go too far, go too fast in the early stages, you're going to get hurt. And so right now I do not need to be putting in the miles to train for Boston because that training will come, you know, in late December. And so for now, I'm just kind of getting in maintenance miles and enjoying being out there on two legs um, that are perfectly healed. So, um, yeah, so I think, you know, it's important for, for women who are getting out there after having a baby or while pregnant, you know, just to, to really listen to your body and to not push too hard. I mean, I'm all about challenging yourself. I mean, I have qualified for Boston twice, so I know what it's like to, to dig deep when I need to, but sometimes 
the smart, sane thing to do is to listen to your body and to walk when you need to, to slow down, to stop at three miles instead of going the four that your training plan calls for, you know, that, that, um, you know, leave, leave your ego at home and just go out and find self-fulfillment. Right. So I want to ask you a question I like to talk to every mom about and just riff on this. Mm-hmm. What's your family life like right now? And where are you in your life as a mom? Oh, that's interesting. Um, well, how about this? We recently got a new dining room table and it seats, it has more chairs and just feels more comfortable than our old one did. And so we've now eat in the dining room instead of crammed around our kitchen table. And I just feel like it's given our family literally more breathing space and we tend to sit at dinner for just a couple minutes longer. Our dinners don't last very long, but um, I, I am a stickler for people, for us, for making a meal and sitting at the dinner table and eating. And I feel our we're coming together more as a family. I mean, um, particularly having twins, the uh, notion of traveling with them for you know, the better part of the decade of their life was a unappealing, um, thought. And now it's like, oh yeah, you know, so my twins are 10 and their big sister's 13 and a half. And it's like, oh yeah, this is, this is the time we need to travel. So like we took a, went on a week long tour of Southern Oregon, which to some people might sound deathly dull. It was so much fun and so beautiful and just really fantastic. And so now, for the first time, we are thinking we are going to scrimp and save and spend every penny that I find, pick up while I'm running, and go to Europe next mm. year. Um, and, I mean, it'll be a huge stretch financially for our family, but I think it's going to be something that we're just going to remember for the rest of our lives. And, you know, even though – so Phoebe's going into high school next year, and already I'm, you know, thinking, oh, she's going to be in college before too long. Yeah, yeah. The house. And oh, so, um, so, you know, and our, our twins are getting self-conscious about, you know, us walking to the bathroom when they're in the bathtub or something. And so um, – It's all changing. Yeah, it is. And, and there is even a tiny part of me that, like, we'll see, you know, one of our neighbors who, who has grandkids. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to be a grandma. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's still a ways down the road. But – um, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, Sarah, you and I have talked a good long time. Yeah. This yeah. is really, really fun. I, I love being at, having tables be turned and not being the host, but being the guest. So thank you so much, Jeannie. Well, thank you. And I'll see you on the street. I'm still going to walk by your house. Though. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to heckle you the next time I see you though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Yeah.